This is InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's what's happening on this week's show. Americans love to travel. A recent poll reveals a pent-up demand, with millions eager to travel again once the pandemic fears are over. But the transition to normal travel may take some time. The prospects for it coming back are complicated in the sense that aircraft were intended to have lots of people packed into them in order to feed an airline's business model. Then, are domestic violence and child abuse cases more frequent during the COVID-19 lockdown? We'll talk to an expert. A person that's already in an abusive situation, emotional, physical, mental, financial, we see these increased stressors causing probably increased abuse. Those two stories and more are ahead on this week's show. InfoTrack begins right after this. InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. Here's your host, Chris Whitting. A recent survey found that nearly half of all Americans are eager to travel again once the pandemic fears are over. And right now, there are bargains for those who want to book ahead. Here with the story, InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thank you, Chris. Our guest is Rick Sini, the CEO of the website faircompare.com. Rick, set the stage a bit in terms of where air travel stands at the moment, because in the wake of the coronavirus pandemic and lockdowns, it certainly changed. No, it's almost completely essential air service for healthcare workers at the moment. So you're talking about over a 90% drop in passenger traffic. In some airports, it's almost essentially, if you see a passenger, it's a rare occurrence. So, I mean, it's basically dropped down to nearly nothing. And the prospects for it coming back are complicated in the sense that aircraft were intended to have lots of people packed into them in order to feed an airline's business model, which is diametrically opposed to a six-foot radius around your body. I understand that even some airlines have taken some of their larger aircraft out into deserts for long-term storage. Is that right? Yeah, they've done that in the past in some cases when there's been significant downturns because that's the only place you can sort of store them for a lengthy amount of time. And these aircraft are meant to fly all the time. You don't really want to take them out of the service if you don't have to. You know, you had two or three days after 9-11 when all service was shut. This is like a continuous 9-11 for the airline industry. Now, I've looked a bit and it does appear that the airlines are pretty drastically cutting prices on certain routes right now. Could you give us a couple of examples of that? Yeah, sure. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. The Holy Grail, coast to coast, has been $99 each way. That's $200 round trip. There's literally dozens of days that you can fly. Now, hopefully, planes actually leave those days where you can buy tickets. Now, that's typically not in the next 60 days or so, but you start to get in the tail in the summer early fall and the wintertime, you're looking at tickets, in many cases, coast to coast, $160 round trip. I've seen even a few at $140 round trip. Just to give you a little perspective, on that kind of ticket, at least 25 to 30 bucks in taxes. So you're looking at 40 bucks to 50 bucks each way for that airfare. So are people, when they are shopping now, presumably they're not thinking of flying next week. They're looking at something obviously much further down the road, but are the prices further down the road that low? Oh, yeah, especially for tail end of summer, fall, which is seasonally a slow time anyway, as you get into wintertime. Now, for me, 
the simple no-brainer time to shop right now is Thanksgiving and Christmas, which are usually two of the most expensive times to fly. Perfect time to start shopping for that. Just remember that your money theoretically could get tied up on extremely expensive tickets, but if you're buying cheap stuff and the way they have waivers right now and you can travel really till the end of next year, it's a pretty good deal to go ahead and start probing some of those things. Do you think that at some point we're going to see a quick increase in prices once people do start to fly again, or do you think these prices are kind of here to stay? No, not at all. I think part of the problem is the airlines are going to have to reintroduce these routes to consumers. That includes, for example, the Disney destinations, Orlando and Southern California. They'll have to reintroduce those routes because they won't be able to fill up those aircraft. They won't be able to raise prices dramatically. Now, they might do so on business travelers as business probably likely to perk up a little bit, but that's for people traveling inside a seven days advanced purchase. But just generally, I expect prices to be low for a long time as people start to figure out and not have any jitters about flying. As you might imagine, I mean, if social distancing rules apply, I'm not even sure how that works on an aircraft, to be honest. I'm sure the airlines are working diligently to figure out what that might look like. Blocking out middle seats and seats behind, for example. We'll have to see how that all goes. But just generally, I would expect ticket prices to be pretty low for a long time. And that's why if you're spending 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 150 bucks on a ticket, it's probably not a bad idea to tie that up if you can afford it. Yeah, I've heard some online guesses, I guess, that middle seats may be a thing of the past that they'll actually take them out. But from an economic standpoint, that would certainly raise ticket prices for everybody flying, wouldn't it? Theoretically, it would if the demand for those seats were actually there. I think the problem is the demand's likely to be slow in coming back and gradual as it comes back, and therefore they won't be able to immediately raise those prices. So I'm hoping that we have some sort of vaccine or something around these lines so it's more like a flu issue, and I think people more than ever are into you know, their hygiene, which is highly useful when you get on and off aircraft, for example. So I think ultimately you'll see planes come back. Now, there may be a bit more leg room on some of these flights <laughs> than you would, especially on some carriers that don't like to have too much leg room because they're trying to squeeze as many seats as they can in. So I think that might actually be what you see more than blocking out the entire plane's middle seats. But if that's how they get back flying again, I wouldn't put it past them to do so. Our guest on InfoTrack is Rick Sini, the CEO of the website faircompare.com, and we're discussing airline flights and the entire effect of the coronavirus pandemic. Rick, I've seen some ideas online suggesting that tickets can be purchased now and then used at a later date. You mentioned that airlines are waiving fees. So is that something someone could kind of take a flyer on and just buy a ticket and then reassign it eventually to some other date? Yeah, ultimately, there's a couple dates that are really important when you're thinking about doing this. It's your departure date, so that's clearly the most important. And then you have these rolling waiver dates. A notable exception in the U.S. is Southwest Airlines. They do not charge a change fee, so you don't have to worry about you know paying a $200 fee if you decide to exchange your ticket later. At the moment, some of the airlines are waiving change fees all the way through the end of the year. Some of them are doing it on a rolling monthly basis. But essentially, that exchange fee could take down the entire value of your ticket if it's under $200, for example. So you want to be kind of careful how you do it when you go out to do it. But I would expect airlines to continue these what's called change fee waivers all the way through the end of this year. So you're pretty safe that you can change it. Generally, when you change a ticket, historically, the next ticket you buy, which is 
generally because you missed a flight or something very expensive. I don't expect the flights to be expensive. So you're pretty safe tying up some of that. Now, I would be a little bit concerned about buying transoceanic tickets until there's some better understanding of what the governmental regulations on flying to certain countries is. So I'd be a little more cautious if I was going internationally, especially over an ocean, for example, than I would domestically. One question I'm sure you ask over and over is, when do you think we can fly again? And when do you think people will fly again? (laughs) That's the million dollar question, isn't it? If everything goes perfectly, I would expect some of this to come back around the Thanksgiving, Christmas timeframe. I'm hoping there'll be enough there and there'll be something that we'll be able to do most of that. I think the bulk of travel, though, is going to be sort of shifted into early next year. But I think the tail end of this year... And I think to some degree, maybe it depends on what happens over the next three or four weeks. We could have some flights in the fall and maybe even the very tail end of the August time frame. I think it's going to be tough for summertime travel. I just don't think this is going to be jumping back as quickly as some people might hope. Rick, to kind of wrap things up, I know you also have some suggestions for people with passports that may be about to expire and for people who still need to get one of those real ID driver's licenses. Those are two interesting rules. If you're traveling internationally, every country has a little bit different rules. The State Department has a great website that has the content for each one. But if you're, for example, have six months left or three months left on a passport, you need to go ahead and get that renewed. And by the way, you might as well do it now because it's extremely cheap to do it when you have plenty of time. At the last minute, it's very expensive to get it renewed. So it's a perfect time to do that. The same thing for real idea. Almost every state, but not all of them, have real IDs on their driver's license. That would be for domestic travel if you didn't have a passport. You need to make sure that you do. And if you don't and your state's not going to provide it, then you need to go ahead and apply for a passport. Rick Sini, the CEO of the website faircompare.com. Thank you very much for all your expertise today. Thank you. Take care. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. Next, is the lockdown causing more abuse and violence? That story, coming up. Don't go away. InfoTrack will be back right after this. <laughs> 